Hello. Kira, are you there? I'm here. Yes, we've got Kira and Kira. That's me, another Kira. Um, me, I'm the other Kira. Hello. Uh, so we were thinking it's been a really heavy, heavy week, so we wanted to talk about something sort of fluffy and simple. Uh, as I mentioned, clouds. So we wrote a story that's about this water molecule named Watson, and it's his journey to becoming a cloud. Uh, and we also thought it might be kind of fun to do like a round-robin read. So I don't know, Jefferson, do you want to read a couple of parts along with us? I will do whatever you ask. You game? Okay. Awesome. Game. It what doesn't say here. Have? It doesn't say here that I'm supposed to respond to this question, but I'm going to assume that I'm supposed to respond to the question. <laughs> yes. You got it. You got it. Yeah. Just okay. We all got to do read your part when it comes up. Feel free to ham it up. Be ridiculous. Go big with the cheese. You know, tap into your inner drama kid. However you want to do this. So uh, He's a professional. Yes. Yes. That's what we're going to prove today, right? So. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we should point out. This story is about a water mo- molecule, but I just want to mention that we haven't found anything yet about water models, molecules being sentient. I don't know if that means that they're not, but we're just, you know, I just want right. to put that out there. That that's not something that we have found out. They may not yet. actually have feelings like we're about to say they do, but here we go, right? Are we feeling ready? Ready. ready. Okay, here, okay. Cue the music, the cheesy story time music. Okay. Once upon a time, there was a molecule of water in the ocean. His name was Watson. Watson, the water molecule. Smaller than a light wave, you couldn't see Watson even if you squinted. A lot. Together with all the other H2O molecules in the ocean, Watson helped make up liquid water, the stuff we humans swim in and sail on. Watson, the water molecule, was made up of different kinds of atoms. He had two hydrogen atoms and one oxygen atom. Watson and all the other water molecules in the ocean loved to mingle. As it turns out, they were all really attracted to one another, and each water molecule was compelled to bond its slightly negatively charged oxygens with everybody else's slightly positively charged hydrogens, a syndrome commonly known as hydrogen bonding. Watson mingled, just as they all did, but rarely did a bond last for more than a second or two. There were just so many other water molecules to interact with. Not to mention all the other molecules hanging around in the ocean that Watson could potentially bond with, too. One day, the morning sun emerged particularly brightly. It settled over the very patch of ocean where Watson lived. Now, water molecules, much like Portlanders after a long, depressing winter, get very excited when they feel the warmth of the sun. As the water molecules began to absorb more and more of the luscious heat from the sun, their excitement drove them into motion. The sun beat down upon them, and soon Watson and all his water molecule friends were scurrying around, bumping into each other and moving faster and faster. So fast, in fact, that they evaporated right off the surface of the ocean. Now Watson found himself in a vaporous state. He was part of a gas, and he had evaporated into a new and fascinating place, the upper echelon, a cool pocket of air. Watson had done a lot of traveling while part of the ocean but never had he floated around quite so freely. Here in the air pocket, he found himself hanging out with oxygen, carbon, and nitrogen air molecules. The novelty of their new surroundings, as well as the heat of the sun and the heat coming off the ocean continued to excite them. They were crashing into each other like punk fans in a mosh pit, and Watson himself was having a ball. (laughs) I love this so much. (laughs) But he thought, we can't keep crashing into each other like this forever. We're going to need more space. So Watson the water molecule was in luck 
the hotter the gaseous water molecules became, the more they collided into each other. And these collisions pushed them apart, and their air pocket got bigger and bigger and bigger. They were becoming less dense. And as it became less dense, the pocket of air and all the molecules in it began to rise, taking Watson higher and higher into the atmosphere. But hold on. Stop the music. Oh, oh, it stopped already. Good. Let's take a moment out of this story to shed some light on why hot, less dense air rises above cool, more dense air. Shall we? Okay, so first, imagine the pocket of air that our friend Watson and the other gaseous water molecules are sort of occupying. Imagine it like a giant balloon. And as the sun heats the balloon, the molecules move faster inside the balloon, causing it to expand. Now, if you recall the concept of density, it is the ratio between mass and volume, or in other words, how much stuff is packed inside a given space. So if the amount of stuff, which in this case is Watson and our other water molecules, if that stuff inside a space, the amount remains the same, but the space itself gets larger, then the overall density decreases. So as the heat from the sun is applied, the balloon expands and the density inside the balloon becomes less than the density outside the balloon. So the cooler, more dense air around the balloon exerts a force called buoyant force on the warmer, less dense air inside the balloon, and it pushes the balloon upwards. The balloon takes off, leaving a giant balloon-shaped gap in space, which allows other cool air pockets to move into that space. And this is really the same operations uh, that operate on pockets of cold and warm air. Uh, as cooler, denser air sinks below warmer, more expanded air, then it ends up pushing the pocket of warmer air higher and higher into the atmosphere. But it doesn't last forever, as we'll find out soon. Let's go ahead and get back to the story to see what's happening to Watson and his water molecule friends. Cue the music! As he and his friends soared towards the sky in the warming pocket of air, Watson could see his chilly, bored air molecules move into the space that they had just left, ready for their turn to be heated by the sun. And with the movement of this air, he saw sailboats all across the surface of the ocean begin to move as their sails jumped to life. Hmm, thought Watson, I shall call this wind. Well, this proverbial skyward air party was seriously rocking with excited, dancing molecules. They were having such a good time that nobody noticed the higher they rose, the less air there was above them pushing down. Furiously gyrating water and air molecules who had moments ago been crashing into each other in the cramped pocket of air were suddenly able to bounce further and further away from each other. And the more the air pocket expanded, the more the molecules' enthusiasm waned. Suddenly, it was getting quite cold and lonely. The rising pocket of warm air was in danger of becoming a sinking pocket of cool air. Suddenly, Watson couldn't find any of his friends, and the structure of his surroundings had started changing entirely. The temperature in the upper atmosphere that Watson and his friends had reached had dropped below the dew point. Stop the music again. We got, we got to interject. What is the dew point? Okay, well, the dew point is the temperature at which the amount of water evaporating is equal to the amount of water condensing maintaining a sort of equilibrium between the two states. When the air temperature drops below the dew point, the equilibrium is thrown off, and the water in the air begins to condensate at a more rapid pace than it can evaporate, resulting in dew drops. Okay, back to Watson. Cue the music. Watson and his friends desperately searched for something solid to cling on to. 
Luckily, in this particular region, the air was dense with dust and airborne microbes like bacteria and fungi. Floating, breathing microscopic pathogens tend to give humans the heebie-jeebies, but Watson and his friends were ecstatic to have a surface to bond to. They organized carefully into tiny water droplets around the particles, and before long, they had become a beautiful, fluffy, sleepy sheep resembling cumulonimbus cloud. Well, as you can imagine, some of these tiny water congregations started getting pretty crowded. The droplet that Watson had joined was indeed one of these popular meeting spaces. And soon, the tiny water droplet was getting dangerously close to becoming a fully-fledged water drop. And water drops, as the name suggests, drop. While the water molecules were gathering together, another strange thing was happening. Molecules with extra electrons, otherwise known as negatively charged, began to clump together at the bottom side of this newly formed cloud. Because Watson had done really well in high school physics, because we all know that water molecules go to high school, he knew that this was bad news. Negative and positive charges like to be even in the world. All the extra electrons would turn the cloud into a backwards magnet aimed at Earth. All the negatively charged molecules in the ground would scatter. If the Earth underneath Watson's cloud became positive enough and the bottom of the cloud became negative enough, that would mean... Well, I hope it means some lightning. <laughs> That's thunder and lightning. That's that my attempt. That really good, Kira. Well, this is a great place for our lightning quiz. We've got some info about lightning, and you guys get to decide whether it's fact or fiction. And, of course, we're going to do it lightning fast. Um, whoever wins each question gets two points, and whoever has the most points at the end um, doesn't get struck by lightning. Does anybody else in the studio besides Jefferson want to play this? Are we alone? No? You guys want to play? No? Okay. We'll just go with Jefferson. It's just you. You're the only one earning points. <laughs> Jefferson, third grade Jefferson versus... Real-time Jefferson, what do we say? That's fine. Okay, all right. So, are you ready? Everybody ready? I was ready? smart in third grade, by Ooh, the way. Yeah, with that stop animation. I believe it. Okay. I read. Okay, uh, question number one. Fact or fiction? Oh, fiction. Fact or fiction, lightning is hotter than the sun. Uh, I'm going to say fiction, they're the same. Ooh, fact. A single flash of lightning can heat the air around it to temperatures up to 60,000 degrees Fahrenheit, which is actually five times hotter than the sun's Damn surface. It. Third grade Jefferson knew that, but I, I, was, I was answering as adult Jefferson. It was, I, I have stopped taking classes on things. I now learn from you and X-ray, so I would not be able to pass that test until after today. You just gave us a lot of power. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> okay, question number two. Facts or fiction? Lightning never strikes the same place twice. I believe that is fiction. I believe it rarely happens, but sometimes. It actually happens... If you're like a tall, pointy object, it actually happens quite a lot. Oh, yeah. Like the Empire State Building on average is hit 23 times a year by lightning. Congratulations, adult Jefferson. <laughs> that was third grade Jefferson. Let's, let's see how you do on <laughs> question number three. Fact, yes, there we go. Factor fiction. <laughs> you are safe from lightning as soon as a thunderstorm moves one mile past your house. I don't, I don't think one mile is magic. No, I'm gonna say don't magic. believe in the magic mile. Not Never the one magic scheme. mile. Maybe, maybe magic mile if I'm at Timberline, but yeah. otherwise, no. 
Okay, well, that's fiction. Good job. Cloud cover uh, and rain are not necessarily ingredients for lightning to strike. They just have to be kind of happening somewhere nearby. So lightning actually often strikes more than three miles from the center of a thunderstorm and on very rare occasion, even as far as 10 to 15 miles away. Boom. Okay, question number four. Ready? Lightning fast. <laughs> fact or fiction? Each bolt of lightning can contain up to one billion volts of electricity. A billion sounds like a lot. I'm going to say billion. I'm, one I, billion. I'm going to say a billion sounds like too many. I'm going to uh, say uh, false. Uh, I mean uh, fiction. <laughs> even even though a billion sounds like an evil villain number, it is actually true. If we have the technology to harness the energy Darn. emitted in lightning, which we don't, but if we did, a single bolt could power the average American home for nine days. Yay! You did it. I don't. I didn't tally any points, but we'll say you got twenty billion. <laughs> How do you feel? Uh, third grade Jefferson feels uh, confident, assured, resolute, resolved, understanding his own ambitious, intelligence. hopeful for the future. Uh, adult Jefferson feels crestfallen, defeated, and humbled. That right. All right. Well, let's find out what happened to what's in the water molecule. I mean, did did the and lightning proud, happen? And, prou- and proud of my stop motion award, but that's a callback. He's right. in the storm. Was there a storm? <laughs> it well, oh. there wasn't actually. This story is obviously happening here in Portland, and Watson came out of the Pacific Ocean. Um, so, background: water from the Pacific Ocean is actually rather cold compared to the Atlantic Ocean. Like, if you've ever gone surfing, you know that. Which means that the water molecules that come out of the Pacific are not moving as fast comparatively. So in order for large storms to happen, the water molecules have to go from like really hot, excited, moving really quickly to cold and condensed really, really fast. That's why you get hurricanes on the East Coast and not so much on the West Coast. Over the Pacific, you get like lazier molecules, which means they aren't moving as quickly and they haven't had as many collisions. And that means you're not getting the electron exchange, which means less charged particles, which means less charge in the cloud overall and thusly less chance of lightning. So that's why we rarely get lightning here in Portland, and that's why Watson is safe. So let's finish the story, shall we? Accuse the cheesy music one very last time and uh, take it away, Jefferson. As it turns out, there was no storm. Watson was just paranoid. Watson, the water molecule, and his friends continued to condensate, forming a big enough water drop that gravity was able to act upon it. Watson and his water molecule buddies fell in great drops back down to the earth as rain. Watson, by chance, landed right in the Columbia River, where he drifted back to his home, the Pacific Ocean. What an adventure you had, Watson. The, the end. end. Yay.